Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in October of 2020. And welcome to episode 18, Two Math Whisperers. I can't wait for this one. This will be interesting. <laughs> we want to give a shout out to Emily, who reached out to us on Twitter. She's from, well, oh. not really your neck of the woods, but no. Canada. <laughs> yeah, she's from Alberta. <laughs> and she said, a relatable math podcast by teachers. Better yet, these two will really crack you up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Again, I'm so glad that others are laughing with us. <laughs> Maybe at? I don't know. <laughs> we'll think it's with. That's all right. <laughs> Our reflection this week is about last week's episode. You had mentioned that the standard algorithm was created to save paper and ink, right? It was just a shortcut because these things were precious. These materials were precious. They weren't readily available. P.S. So, I, I couldn't verify that this week, but so I'm, we'll, I must have learned yeah. that somewhere along the way yeah we'll keep searching for yes, the source yes. but I shared that with the students and I think a lot of them were like oh okay I think it just like made it okay for them to continue using other methods other methods you know yes. what I'm saying so that they could that it wasn't the end-all be-all right right I think that was my point with them mm -hmm. that it's yes it's a good strategy to know mm -hmm. right it's something that they'll be asked to know right however it's not the only thing right and one of my fourth grade teachers came up to me this week and said about subtraction across zeros and I said to her well have you considered teaching your kids the constant difference where you can just back it down by one Right. You know? Yeah. And I don't think she had thought of that strategy. Yeah. And I said, listen, I know you're teaching it now, but remember, these standards are to be mastered by the end of the school year. That's right. So if they, are, they don't have it yet, it's okay. It's okay. Well, one thing when I was diving into whether or not the standard algorithm was to save paper and ink, I had a book called A Curious History of Mathematics, The Big Ideas from Primitive Numbers to Chaos Theory by Joel Levy, and I'll put mm. it in the show notes. I thought that might have been where I saw it, but it wasn't. But I did come across about our numerals for our Hindu Arabic system. Hmm. And I knew that our numbers were based on that. Our numerals were based on that, I should say. But this one Little section says counting angles, an interesting take on Hindu Arabic numerals as natural indicators of the numbers one through nine relates to the number of angles in straight line forms of the numerals. Count the angles in the numbers below and you will see that they correspond to the value of each numeral. The same principle applies to the symbol for zero, which has no angles. So and if you're thinking about one, and we just write one straight line right. going down, but this has like the diagonal going up and then down. a straight line coming down. Yeah. So I'll link that picture in the show notes, but I that blew my mind right. that, whoa, the number of angles, I wonder if that was intentional. I feel like it must be. It must It have can't been. be a coincidence. Exactly. It for, cannot. It cannot be a coincidence. 10 symbols? Yeah. It can't be. No. 
I thought no. that was kind of And cool. I wonder if, if that kind of spurred like the idea of touch math you know like those dots where it helps kids to visualize and count those dots and helps them with their number sense one more reflection I had was to go back to our cute little sayings episode yeah and you know I've been at a few schools and I have things saved in different locations so sometimes I have things on flash drives and some things I have on google drive right well I came across these two that I absolutely love and one it's an unknown author but it was based on another saying about amateurs versus professionals but again no known author and it is work with kids until they can't get it wrong not until they get it right ah ah right yeah and the other one was patterns matter yes patterns matter a hundred i yes and i I made a little graphic of it yes and, and i remember when we were at the same school I gave that to some kids to shade in or color in yeah. so that they could color in different patterns for things. Yeah. And I stuck them up around the school. I don't know if you remember that I or don't. Not. Yeah. It might have been right after you left that year Maybe. that I was still right. there yeah. and, mm-hmm. and you weren't. Our good news this week. What was yours? Brody was telling me about some time that he was using on Success Maker, which is the math program that we use here in our district. And he said that he was adding decimals. So I asked him, what, tell me about it. What does it look like? And, and he's we, in what grade? Fourth. Fourth grade. So fourth. they're just starting. Just starting. To learn about right, decimals. Right, right. Okay. So really adding decimals is a fifth grade standard. Right. But it's okay. I, I, I also kind of heard Graham Fletcher in my mind saying, you know, that he taught his daughter a mm-hmm. year ahead. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is now my turf. <laughs> <laughs> so this is good. I, I know what I'm doing. I, I know what I need to do, right? And what... what what they need to to know. So he starts to talk to me about about decimals and okay. how he understand he understood you know the place value. And then I showed him the models, the manipulatives. Ooh. Right. We took that out and I explained the base to him. 10 blocks. Yes, the base time blocks. And I explained to him how it's not it's not the model like the actual thing. The actual rod isn't ten. It's what it can represent, represent. and. Right that the small cube or the unit cube it's the relationship between those two that's important because it's always a tenth of it right, right? and I, of course I didn't tell him all this he I had him kind of come up with it right, right? right. so I, I got him notice? to say right, what do you what, wonder right how many times smaller is it or what's the relationship mm-hmm. between them anyway so we had that whole conversation and then as we're talking and we went on different tangents like no. we kind of went all over the place <laughs> but then we brought it back you know but it was so so it was just it was one of those moments where I'm like yes he says he says wait 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 I need a number line <gasps> I need a number line I need a number line and he, and he drew a number line because we were talking about how because he asked the question of why is it called a tenth and a hundredth ten is less than 100 ah why is 100th less than a tenth okay right? so I got into fractions with Ooh. him right so we were going down all these different avenues and that's when he was like we were talking about a half and a fourth 
Okay. And that's that's at that point is when he was like, I need a number line. Oh. As soon as we started talking about fractions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I just remember like I had like a flashback of him, his reaction of I need a number line to the reaction of my students. Like when I said, let's use a number line and they all groaned. So it's this oh. complete opposite, opposite. Mm-hmm, because they just don't know how to use it. So here's a kid who understands how to use it mm-hmm. and how powerful the number line is which I think we should totally do a, a whole episode on, by the way. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the versus a class full of students that really don't understand the power of the number line. Or any other tool. Right, well, that's true too, but Ugh. especially the number line. That breaks my heart. But that was supposed, our kids. That was supposed to be our- good news. <laughs> Well, good news for Brody. Good news for Brody. (laughs) Yay. My good news is that I got to use my knowledge and assessments for math recovery that I learned last year, and I'm still working on my math recovery specialist part one training. Right. uh, To be finished with that at the end of this school year. And I got to use the assessments. I worked with six different kids this week, and I'm not done assessing them, but I got to see things that they know and things that they don't know and I can't wait to be able to choose a few of those students to work with but also to share that information with the teachers right so that they have a direction as to where to go to work with the kids you know what what's probably the most difficult part for teachers is knowing when your kids come in and they don't have the number sense it's like well they don't have it but okay you've got to do something yeah. about it you can't just say okay they don't know it now what mm-hmm. you've, you've got to be able to back up but we both know in reality that's so hard because you have the grade level standards to be yes working with at the same time and a scope to follow I think that that's the hardest part too is that there's restrictions on time and and you have to stay with a certain but on if a we do date. take those five to ten minutes at the beginning of of whatever class period, morning meeting or math or recess, right. whatever, and do that number sense routine, whether it's a number talk or which one doesn't belong or same but different math or yeah. Yeah. any of those number right. sense routines, how powerful they can be. Oh, and, yeah. And I think we have to just keep trying to get the word out that you have to give this time in order to make it worth the student's time in the future exponentially. Yeah, what is that? It'll pay out dividends? Yes, in the long run. Yeah, it will. You got it. Okay, today's topic. We are going to talk about being two math whisperers. When I offered this title to you, you kind of looked at me like, what are we going to talk about? Well, I I got to thinking three things. I've heard of The Horse Whisperer. Mm -hmm. And have you seen that movie or read the book? No. Me neither. Now I kind of want to (laughs) because of this. The dog whisperer Caesar Milan and did you ever read the baby whisperer books when your kids were born I think they just probably came out when Christian was born so of course I was reading you know I everything I possibly could yeah which I don't think so all but books all baby books conflict all the information a hundred percent yeah I remember my mom telling me stop reading <laughs> because I didn't know what to do and I think you just kind of go with your gut but yeah. anyway I think I'm a baby whisperer because I love to hold babies and and soothe them and calm them down and usually I can get them to go to sleep I don't know do you remember I remember I remember you coming over and doing when that, yeah. Alex was a baby yeah, and yeah. 
And I was like, yay, let me have her. And I, and all my friends know that I love holding babies. And I do consider myself a baby whisperer. So when we talk about being two math whisperers, what does that mean to you, being a math whisperer? I have to admit that at first I was a little uh, confused. <laughs> with this suggestion for this episode. But then as I started to think and write, I just ended up writing almost two pages worth, okay? (laughs) So it did get my juices going. The first thing I wrote, and I was kind of thinking, you know, processing, was being a math whisperer means sharing math with others when they are ready. Ooh. Okay, so let me explain that. Okay. We know that in order for teachers to change, they have to want to change. Right. They have to recognize that there's a need to change. Mm-hmm. They don't just change because someone tells them to change. Right. They have to see it's, the value right. of the change. Yes. And it's like any kind of PD, right? Right. We could all be an excellent PD, but if we're not ready for that next step. To implement it. It's it's useless. Pointless. Yep. Right. Waste of time. A math whisperer then is there kind of patiently waiting in the wings Mm -hmm. until the audience is ready to listen. So that's how how I kind of interpreted it. And it's like being that little voice, that best practice voice of reason. Okay. Okay. I've shared with my team, my Mm -hmm. personal, you know, fifth grade team many times that long division is not a standard for fifth grade. It's not something that needs to be taught. It can be taught in fifth. Right. Because it's a strategy, but it's not something that the students need to to know, know. have to master yet. Right. Because in our state, it's a sixth grade standard. Right. Years go by after I keep, you know, repeating. (laughs) And finally, I remember last year someone said, well, I know you don't teach it like this. So how do you teach it? Oh, right. Yay. (laughs) So it's kind of like that voice just in the back, in the background. And I hear your voice all the time. (laughs) So I know you are a math whisperer. And just this this week, actually, um, it was funny. We were talking about and multiplying by powers of 10. And of course, one of my kids said we had like 8 times 10. And one of my kids said, oh gosh, just, just add zero. zero. So I hear Laura in my head <laughs> saying, put plus and zero. And that's exactly what I wrote. So I think that that's, I think to me, that's what a math whisperer is. It's it's just someone that's, that's there mm-hmm. and waiting. Interesting. So I took it as the opposite where I'm listening to the audience. Gotcha. Right? I'm always trying to listen to what the students are saying and how they're interpreting whatever concept is being taught and then... That's when I can start making my moves, right? Right, right. <laughs> as a teacher. So it's listening. And as a coach, though. I think that that's where oh, your coach yes. position comes in because you're listening to what the teachers are saying mm-hmm. and then how are you going to help guide them there without necessarily pushing. pushing. <laughs> right yes (laughs) and it is waiting for them to be ready to hear what I have to say or suggest or hey what about going to this website or check this article out or this book or like when that fourth grade teacher came up to me this week I felt wow like I don't even know you yet I don't and thank you for coming up to me and she the first thing she said was I have a question for you and I said okay I hope I have the answer and she goes oh you do (laughs) (laughs) and I that that I felt very honored right you know did you have the answer I did (laughs) (laughs) was the answer in a book (laughs) 
<laughs> it was not. It was about subtracting across zeros. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And But we got to have another conversation later in the week about some other strategies that she could right. possibly do right. with the kids. And But again, see, she was ready. Right. She came to you ready for a different way. A different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yep. A different way to teach it. I was also thinking that we we know a lot of people that are math whispers. Oh, too. yes. However, we have to figure out how to get teachers to become math whisperers. Mm-hmm. Right? To be able to listen to the students and hear the thoughts that they have to share, but also to have the teachers have that want and desire to keep learning something. Yeah. Which, again, that's our million dollar question of how do we get teachers to want to become learners? Right. I think if we just keep whispering, yeah in their ears although i still kind of want to shout it from the roof, <laughs> rooftops Listen, right we're not really whispers <laughs> i mean you think you can hear it in our voices when even when we're recording this <laughs> oh my gosh i forgot to tell you my school roommate and i we're both very animated she's an sai teacher so she teaches reading but again she's got to be very animated right. and loud right and i went to my principal this week and i said if if we end up with an extra room could i have it please <laughs> And my roommate, I told my roommate that I was doing that. And she she kind of was like, oh, good. Because when you were teaching in that third grade class, I popped by the window. Actually, she came to see if I needed to go to the bathroom, which I thought that was so super sweet of her. And she said, and I saw your arms moving and you're all (laughs) animated. And she was thinking in her head, I'm like that too. Right. So I think we might be a little conflicting. Yes. And I have shared room with people in the past. Our friend Kathy and yeah, I, yeah. she's trying to do small group reading. And here I am trying to keep, you know, 14 kids right, right, quiet and right. <laughs> myself quiet. Right. And, and I'm not quiet. Nope. No. Neither are you. No. <laughs> no. So that's why when you said math whispers, I'm like, what? Wait, we're not whispers. <laughs> we're shouters. And I feel like we need to shout because... Sometimes it's it's aggravating. This has been going on for years and years and like enough already. But then again, like there's this balance, <laughs> balance. right? We need the balance of when people are ready, they will come. But but again, you don't know what you don't know. And right. if someone's not telling you, how are you going to know? Exactly. Our challenge for this week is to share with us how you are a math whisperer. Or what are your thoughts on being a math whisperer? Absolutely. I can't wait to see what people share with us. Yeah. You can either email us or tag us on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.